Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, the Lord's Prayer. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. This was the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. begin a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. How many of you have been praying this prayer for most of your life? A lot of us. A lot of us. And yet even I, as your pastor, in preparing for this whole series, discovered things that I did not know about this prayer. In fact, there is a huge thing. Uh, in today's sermon that I'll be pointing out about this prayer that it never dawned on me. You, you go through four years of college, three years of seminary, two and a half years of another seminary, and it still, none, none of them ever brought this up. And it, it's a powerful word for us this day. Let us pray and then let us get into God's word. Lord, we're grateful for this prayer. We are grateful that you did not just teach the twelve how to pray, but by teaching them you have taught us all. You have taught us to praise and to live this prayer of praise. Be with us in this preaching moment, in the speaking, in the hearing, and in the doing of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Father. How powerful is this prayer? Our Father. With only two words, we are immediately united to Christians all over the world who pray this prayer. When I was invited by the Air Force to go to South Korea, one of the people I met there was a young man 
who was working on becoming a minister. His goal, his great dream for God was to become a missionary to the United States. And in South Korea, it took 30 years to become a pastor. We pastors complain because it can take seven. But 30 is a lot longer. He had started on a very long journey, a lifelong journey. One of the places where our lives met was in the saying of the Lord's Prayer. He knew it. I knew it. And we prayed it together. He in his language, me in mine. Because it was a common language. Even if words were different, the heart was the same. And in that moment, we knew that. We were united together in our faith and our love for God. And it all starts with those two words. Our Father. We are also united with Christians of every generation that has come before us and every generation that will come. With only two words, we say to each other and to the world, who God is to us, who God is for us. We tell the world with two words, our Father, just how special God is in our lives. How do you begin your prayers? I'm going to assume you have an active prayer life whether you get on your knees or sit in a chair or on the side of your bed or have a prayer closet, whenever you begin a prayer, how, what are the first words you say? How do you address God? Do you do it like you're writing a letter, dear God? How do you call upon the Lord? Now, many people have a hard time calling out to God as Father. They, their earthly father was a source of pain and confusion or was absent. And even though they know and truly believe in, in their hearts, with all their hearts, that God is perfect and that God is perfectly Loving like a perfect father, that word father is still hard for them. It still carries for them too much baggage. How do you call upon God? Just for fun, I looked back at some of the prayers we have prayed together in this place. And I only went back a a couple of months. I wanted to see how did I call upon God in our time of prayer. Beloved Son, 
holy God, loving Lord, in whom we rejoice, Lord Jesus, our Lord who upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down, God of love, gracious God, life-changing God, God of promise and covenant, maker of the world and everything in it, our God who gives life and breath and eternal life, God of all power and authority, Lord of resurrection, giver of life abundant, Lord of all nations and every people, miracle-working God, source of every song of praise, you who are Christ's child and cross-child. God is all these things for us and always so much more. So who is God for you? Our Father. You know, we, we should all be going, <gasps> because this is scandalous. The disciples come to their teacher with a wonderful request. Teach us to pray. You know, that is a thrill to every pastor's heart, to hear those words, to know they just came out of one of your people's mouths. Teach us to pray. And then Jesus tells them, one of the most radical messages he ever preached. When you pray, say, Our Father. They had to be looking around, looking at each other. Did I just hear that? Did I hear him right? Did he just really say what I think he said? This was scandalous. Remember, these were good Jewish boys that Jesus was speaking to. Good Jewish boys who had been taught every day of their lives that the one thing you never, 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 never do is to speak the name of God out loud. Never. And now, not only is Jesus telling them to speak God's name, but to call upon their holy God as Abba, the most intimate of words for any father-child relationship. It is even scandalous in, to, to our modern ears. I have a pastor friend who would quite often begin her pastoral prayer saying, Daddy? Now how does that hit you hearing that? Like, I understand it, but how dare she? This is 
the holy God. This is the maker of the world. This is majesty incarnate. How dare she call him daddy? How disrespectful. How unworthy of her. You don't refer to the Creator, to our Holy Savior as Daddy. It's just not done. And yet, that is precisely what Jesus told His disciples and us to do. When you pray, say, Our Father. Say, Our Daddy. Scandalous. Sacrilegious. And a beautiful invitation of our beautiful God into one of the most beautiful of all relationships. I have a horrible daughter whom I love very, very much. I might get upset with her. I might get downright angry with her. I may disagree with her or get confused by her or be greatly amused by her and be so very, very pleased with her, who she is and who she is still becoming. I can weep over her and I certainly rejoice in her. But as strong as all of my feelings are for her, none of them or anything else will ever be nearly enough to break the love that we have for each other. And not only does she call me daddy, she had better call me daddy. Because she's the only one who can. Every now and then, because she is a horrible daughter, she'll say, Steve, Steve, I'll ignore her. I'll ignore her. Steve, I'll ignore her. She'll do it one more time, and I say, okay, that's it. Say it once more, and you're in a headlock. And she knows I'll do it. No one else can call me that. Only her. That one word, Daddy, contains within it a lifetime shared. Basketball games, dance recitals, oh, dance recitals. Boyfriends, oh, boyfriends. Parties, drama, school friends, school enemies, teenage angst, all of it. Nothing in all the world can separate us 
from the love of God shown in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our Father. With only two words, God invites us into the most wondrous, intimate, life-affirming, hope-containing relationship we can't possibly have. How do you know God? Who is God to you? Some people have been taught that God is an ogre waiting to zap you with a lightning bolt at, at the first mistake. I know that's not true. Because I know every single person in here, including me, has made a mistake and y'all haven't been hit by lightning. So our own experience tells us God is not that ogre. God is not waiting to punish and punish and bear down and grind. That's totally contrary to God's Word. Who is God for you? Some people say, oh, God just comes and goes and doesn't really care. I mean, certainly God has more important things to do than look over us. Not according to God's Word, not according to my experience of God in my life. My goodness, I'm still alive. I shouldn't be. I'm a pastor. I wake up every morning still and say, God, you haven't changed your mind, have you? Because I know our God is loving and merciful. And someone I joyously can call Daddy. And know that word is filled with a lifetime of experiences and memories and joys and hurts. And God doesn't just show up every now and then. My God's been there with me in every bit of it. Who is God to you? Friend, shepherd, ruler, guide, savior, your first thought? Just someone to pull out when you need something or want something? Who is God to you? Let that question be on our minds this week. Who is God to you? Well, an entire sermon on just two words of this prayer. And the Lord's Prayer has 68 words. So in 33 weeks, we'll finish this series of sermons. One down... 33 more to go. And here's the thing. I could do it. Because this prayer is so powerful. And, well, let me put it this way.
we are going to see in the next few weeks, not 33 of them, we're going to see that these 68 words contain the entire Scripture message. We are going to see that these 68 words contain all we need for both our earthly and our spiritual lives. How though it is a simple prayer, it has the power to solve every problem and comfort every person in every tribulation. Is that going too far to say this prayer has the power to solve, the potential to solve every problem and every care? I wish I could think of a stronger way to say it. I'd say it that way. This is a powerful prayer. And most of the time, do we pray it with that much power? Realizing just what it is we are saying? These 68 words. Now this week begins it all with just one question. Who is God to you? Amen.